The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. Now on Mitchell's Front Page, Trent talking tech. Good morning to you, Trent. How are you? Very well, Mitchell. Well, we talk a lot about scams, but it seems that it doesn't matter how much you talk about it, people are still losing their money. Yes, yeah, it, it does seem that case. Uh, the latest data from the ACCC with their Scam Watch division, they say they've revealed an 89% increase in reported scams comparing with 2020. And that's an increase from 7 grand to 11 grand per individual. And scams come in all sorts of forms. Uh, you know, there's phishing scams, there's phone-based scams, and, and phone-based scams have actually uh, spiked as well. And that's where a lot of the cases that uh, I have certainly noted uh, on TV news and, and, and also through discussion have come from. And, you know, it, it's a good reminder. Um, we have to keep reminding people, it seems, um, you know, that if you're getting someone calling you on the phone if there's some sort of automated script. Uh, a lot of these things are computerised voices, uh, you know, telling you that you're in trouble. Uh, I think there's going to be more proof than someone ringing you up on the phone saying you're in strife and you need to pay some money uh, than someone just ringing up asking for money. Uh, another thing that's getting people and always gets people is the old um, remote support scams. Uh, those who purport to be from Telstra or NBN Co., NBN code never disconnects your internet service within 24 hours of a phone conversation and they actually send you stuff in the mail to say the network is being shut down if the network hasn't uh, already been shut down in your area, which, uh, you know, in a lot of cases, it's already got to that point. So, you know, you have to really think before you go any further with these sort of phone calls. And there isn't a worry that if you don't answer the phone the first time to one of these kind of things, uh, that, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to get back to you if they are genuine. And genuine people reach out in multiple methods of contact as well. So, you know, if you hang up on someone who is actually genuinely, genuinely seeking you, uh, they will try and get back to you. Unlike these guys that, uh, want to take you money instead and just go on to the next victim if you hang up mm, yep yep they just keep going on and you know there's a, a call center of these people and that's what they do all day every day just lure people in and take their money now there's been some lists created of the most disliked brands in the world yeah, I, I like dislike brands they call it the most hated uh, and they've Strong done lists word, on yes. um, yeah, yeah, it's a very strong word. Uh, they they talk about um, big brands and big technology companies, uh, and you know there's somewhat some surprising information out of there. Uh, it's a little bit polarizing. Uh, Apple has been voted as a, a, a disliked brand here in Australia, despite the fact that there's a lot of people uh, lapping up uh, the iPhone technology, and a few people have been out there buying the brand new iPhone as well, uh, given the fact that it's. Uh, been recently released and a concern coming up with the fact that uh, the repairability score for these modern uh, models of the iPhone are a bit of a worry too. 
Um, there's also, you know, big car brands up there in there in, in the hated brands worldwide as well. Bit of a surprise that, um, Facebook and Microsoft didn't get a big pip here in Australia, as they certainly have in other countries. Uh, and, you know, I can certainly share the thoughts on uh, Facebook, given the way they love to uh, make changes to their platform continuously and, and uh, you know, end up breaking something along the way. But, um, yeah, there's a full list online uh, at the Rave website, and Rave does reviews worldwide for all sorts of things. I think in general, I don't want to use the word hate, but uh, big corporations are quite easy to dislike because they're big, they're a law onto themselves at times, and they just do their own thing. And mm. you know, even if there are positives, like I think the Apple retail experience, if you go into an Apple store, it's a very positive experience. But yeah, sometimes those positives are outweighed by the negatives, like they're making up their own rules, it seems, at times. And you know, as you say, stopping you from repairing your own device and making you buy a new device every X number of years. Mm, yeah, uh, you, you just have to stack them up and work out what works best for you, and you know, um, use your 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 muscle as a consumer to be able to ensure that you get uh, what you actually deserve uh, versus what I guess you expect that these companies should deliver. Um, you know, if you do run into a bit of a pickle, and you know, you, you do have the law behind you, uh, all things considered. Uh, but yeah, they certainly um, certainly you know, make uh, the dislike that is built out there. And in Europe, they're looking at trying to have a universal solution for charging. Do you think that is an idea that could work? Because I think, speaking of Apple, they've objected to that idea quite heavily. Mm. But um, is it something that you think could actually help the consumers out there? It would certainly help consumers with multi-devices being able to, you know, easily be able to have one cable to sort everything. But, um, you know, it's going to be one of those situations where it's going to present its challenges. Uh, their concept is to reduce waste by encouraging customers to reuse existing charges when they buy a new device. Uh, but brands like Apple, if they do have to toe the line, are going to end up spending additional money releasing an option for just that country uh, and probably won't roll this sort of thing out worldwide. So it won't be the ultimate fix because, you know, some countries uh, won't worry about uh, a mandating uh, this sort of thing to to occur. And so it, it just won't happen per device and per brand, um, you know, as the European Union and Commission is certainly expecting here. But, you know, wouldn't it be great to just have one lead, maybe one charger to be able to charge two or three different devices and and not have to worry about whether there's a proprietary connector and how the connector works and whether you can have a genuine cable or a non-genuine cable and all that mm. sort of uh, jazz that you get with some of these uh, brands. Yeah, it could be a very interesting development. Look, thanks for being on the program. What's your website once again? Always great to chat. Online at techwrap.net. Good on you. Thank you very much, Truncates. They're our program tech guy. I think uh, for the consumer, I can't see any reason why you wouldn't just have one charging cable that would work on every mobile phone. And wouldn't that save a lot of time buying new equipment, particularly when people like Apple like to change them? I mean, we all remember the 30-pin connector that you used to have for the iPhone, and then they changed it to what it is now. And now they're talking about replacing that with perhaps USB Type-C. So you just get enough of the charging cables for one type, and then you have to throw them all out and start again when they go and change it. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. 
Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's front page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.